Fear not, what a great promise that God gives us that he is with us through the good times and through the challenging times. We wanna welcome you to Collegedale Community Church. Whether you are here in person or watching online, we are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, just a couple things to remember. Uh, one, I wanna read from Ephesians chapter three. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. To God be the glory for all generations, old and young, and that is why we gather here. I hope that you'll take a few moments and look in your bulletin. There's lots of great things happening in there. We've got potluck starting soon. We've got a 20th anniversary happening very soon. So just be sure to, uh, to keep track of, of all the many different things. If you are visiting with us for the very first time, or if you've been here, uh, in the pew rack in front of you, there's something called a connect card. We hope that you'll take that out and connect with us. Give us uh, any prayer requests you may have, any uh, needs or concerns, desires to be baptized, whatever it is. And if you are visiting for the first time, please drop that off at the table uh, out front and we will have a free gift for you. And we are glad that you are here today. If you're able, please uh, kneel with me for prayer today. Dear Heavenly Father, what a glorious day, a Sabbath day, a day of rest, a day when we can uh, set aside much of the distractions of this world and focus on you. And we can gather with our family, with our church family, with our friends, and we can worship our Creator and our Savior. But Lord, as we come here, uh, many come with joy in their hearts, but Lord, many come with pain and challenges and suffering. And Lord, we place all of those burdens, all of those cares into you, into your hands. And we know that before we call, you have begun to answer. And Lord, we also thank you for answered prayer. I heard just a few moments ago of a family that has been through challenges this summer, but miracles took place and lives were saved. And there's more stories like that, I know. And Lord, I wanna lift up Pastor Jerry as he is soon to open up the word for us. May we uh, learn more of you. Be with our musicians and singers. Uh, may our hearts be lifted up to heaven as we sing together. In your name we pray, amen. I wanna invite Misty up to uh, share some exciting news about uh, how we can serve others. Thank you. Good morning, church. We are an active and vibrant church with goals to get more involved in all of us more involved in our local church and our community. Every single person in this building today has a calling from God. And I don't know what that is, but God is tugging on each of our hearts to do something, to fulfill your calling through him. And there's so much joy to be found in that. Um, the serve team who I represent here at College Dale Community is starting a collection effort. We've been doing this now for a couple of quarters. We're now doing it again. At the end of the church service, you'll be able to get a brown bag from the back of the church. We are collecting for four organizations this quarter. YCAP, which is local youth in the Udawar community. Chattanooga Room at the Inn, which is women, who, women and children who have no other place to go. Maybe they were in a battered or abused situation. 
we are also supporting Welcome Home Chattanooga. That one is a hospice situation for homeless people. And then this quarter, we've also added the Salvation Army. We'll be collecting toiletries and then having youth pack baggies so that we can go out and hand that out through the Salvation Army. So this is a small thing you can do. Load up the bag, bring it back to church over the next couple of weeks. But I also want to encourage each of you, if God is calling you to do something within the local church or community, reach out either to the church office, to myself, one of the pastors and say, hey, I've got an interest in this area and I would like to start getting involved. Um, we really would like to make a bigger impact in our community and I'm sure you guys are with me. Thank you. Thank you. There's power in uh, experiencing our Christian life more than just an hour or so on Sabbath morning, but throughout the week. And I want to invite up my friend Jarvis. Uh, one of the really awesome things about a family is when the family gets a little bigger. And uh, Jarvis and his family have moved here just recently uh, from Milledgeville, and they're transferring their membership to the Cottagedale Community Church. But, but defi definitely something to cheer. But Jarvis has decided that uh, as that is taking place, that he wants to be rebaptized. He wants to once again commit his heart and life uh, to Jesus. And he wants everybody to know that he is, is standing for God as, the, as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, that he wants everybody to know that he is walking with God. Uh, I'm going to say a prayer with Jarvis, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Jerry to come up and uh, going to continue growing our church family. So let's, let's bow our heads. Dear God, you have forgiven us. You have died for our sins. And Jarvis has, has decided that he wants everybody to know that he is recommitting his heart and his life to you. He's transferring to be a member of this church, but Lord, in doing that, he wants to publicly show everyone that he's going all the way with you. In your name we pray, amen. So Jarvis is gonna stay up here and we're gonna invite Pastor Jerry and a few other folks, come on up. Um, Arnold family. All right, we're going to <clears throat> invite the Arnolds up. And you may be wondering, are we related? Absolutely, can't you tell? His beard's a little thicker than mine, but uh, other than that, it's a striking resemblance. We are dedicating their child, Layla, Nyree, Arnold, and uh, Jarvis and Charlene, our mom and dad. Layla was born August 17, 20. 20, and she is a little sweetheart. It is nap time for her, so we're not sure how she will relate to this. But uh, we are excited to have this family joining our church. They came here a couple weeks ago, and you folks were so friendly and so kind. They've not gone to any other church since. So thank, thank yourselves. Yeah. Fellas, would you help me? Would you hold that as a card from the church? This is Sis's dedication certificate, okay? Thank you, guys. We have a quilt here from our ladies in this ministry. You see her name is here, her birth date and dedication date. And then this is her quilt. But before I show it to you, I have to tell you, these ladies make these by hand. 
and they pray over them for the families involved because they know this, life can be hard and you may get down the road a little ways and get discouraged. They want you to know every time you look at this, you are a prayed for family, you are loved, you are always welcome here. All right, are you ready for this? This is yours. Oh, look at that. Is that nice? Do you like it? There you go. Oh, she's reaching for it. This is, this is the quilt. I'm going to call upon one, another one of these handsome guys. There you go. All right, now what I would like to do is all of you stand as we have our dedication prayer. At the conclusion of the dedication prayer, we will have our dedication song. Very easy tune. The words will be on the screen. You will learn to love this song. All right. Are you ready? You hold my hand. I'll hold yours. Oh, you want to come? That'll be, oh, we are family, aren't we? Yes. Father in heaven, we thank you for this beautiful little girl, her beautiful family. We're grateful for the symbolism of dedication here. And we ask that you will bless this beautiful little Kayla and that she will live a long, healthy, and prosperous life, serving you every day of it. And please, Lord, when you come in the clouds, may this family be intact to meet you in peace. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings be upon you, precious baby. May favor rest upon your family. May your future be a holy legacy. May blessings be upon you, precious baby. Blessings be upon you, precious baby. May favor rest upon your family. May your future be a holy legacy. May blessings be upon you, precious baby. Round of applause for the Arnolds. Let's continue in our worship and ask the Holy Spirit to fill your hearts this morning as we lift up our voices. Above all powers, above all kings, above all Above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world. 
heaven and here am I on earth 
Jarvis, as I said, has moved here recently, and I know he's got some family members and some friends from work, so if any of you guys are here, just stand up and then let them be able to see you way down there. So 
there's people all around. So, and everyone here is now part of your church family. So, uh, this is an exciting moment. So, Jarvis, because you love Jesus and have decided to publicly tell everyone that you want to follow him, it is my privilege as a minister of the gospel to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. question is, who's next? Get one of those connect cards, fill it out. If you have not been baptized, maybe it's your turn to be next. Friends. To the best church in the Southeast. That's my opinion. Danny, Danny, why okay. are you limiting us to the Southeast? What, what? What happened? What? Why are you limiting us to the Southeast? Okay, what, in what? America. No. In the world. Take it. Hey, Jarvis, the best church in the world. All right, so I know we've been wanting to do this the whole week, so I want you to do something before I sing this song. It's not up there, but I want you to yell, pastor permitting, at the top of your lungs, he loves me, on three. One, two, three. He loves me. One more time. He loves me. Thank you, I'm gonna sing about that. Why did he go to Calvary? Why was his life's blood shed for me? Why did he suffer like no man? has ever done there's just one reason I am the one he loves me he loves me
when I'm sad, he loves me. Even when I'm bad, he still loves me. And when it seems no one cares for me, I talk to Jesus. He loves me. Sing with me. He loves me. Come on, sing out. He loves me. Jesus. Danny Anderson, best singer in the whole Southeast. <laughs> He's trying to say something, but they've muted him. <laughs> and that takes a job. Thanks, Danny. Love you, man. I want to pray for you. We have a message that could be life-changing. It uh, may make a huge difference in your life, so let's pray. Loving Father in heaven, these people are here for a reason, appointed by you. You have something for them to hear something for them to experience. And I know if you aren't the one that speaks to them, they'll hear nothing. So we are praying for that very thing. Please, Lord, through your spirit, teach us about your word. I pray that everyone listening will hear directly from you what you want them to hear. And I pray that it will be life-changing for all of us in fact, I pray miracles will take place and some people will begin their eternal journey today. We ask and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you, excuse me, I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 5, verse 6. 
We are studying about Jesus, and in this section in his life, he is preaching. This section in Scripture is called the Sermon on the Mount, and this section within that sermon is called the Beatitudes. We're going to be studying verse 6 today. It reads this way, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. To understand this verse, we need to look at it in its context. And so we'll back up to verse 3 where the sermon begins. In verse 3 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Talking present tense about that individual who recognizes their utter spiritual bankruptcy before God. And they call out for a savior. They will get a savior. And then we go to the next verse. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is describing true repentance in the kingdom of heaven. Mourning the cost of sin. The cost of sin to ourselves, the cost of sin to others, and especially what it cost Jesus to die for us. The next verse, verse 5, says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we studied how this is a byproduct of a faith-saving relationship with the Lord, being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are humble and we are gentle. This is what we are in the Lord. And so we move on. We move on to the next comment of Jesus in 5, verse 6. I'd like for you to read it out loud with me off the screen. Ready? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst, simply describing something we really, really want. We really want that. Righteousness, it's in this context, conduct that pleases God. So we see as we're entering into the kingdom of heaven, we come in requiring a savior, we know it, we mourn for our sins, and he makes us humble and gentle, and through the process of saving us, we fall in love with him, and we decide the thing that would be the most important to us is conducting our lives in a way that pleases God. He's our Savior. He did that for us. It says, shall be filled. Now, the Greek word could be translated supplied. It could be referring to food in abundance, saturated, a satisfied desire, all of those elements are part of it. But at the root of this Greek word is something, I think, a whole lot more colorful, poetic. It means dancing with music. That's joy. And so, if we were to put the simple meanings together, this verse would say something like this, those who really want to do what pleases God, will be so satisfied they will want to dance with music. It's a promise from God. 
But it begs a question. Does this describe your experience with God? Likely not. And you may wonder why. And we're going to study that today. We're going to understand what this means and how it applies to our life and also why it is a struggle. Please turn to Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, you have the beginning of the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey. Within this story, he's called Saul and Paul, so we'll just refer to him as Paul. He is traveling with Barnabas, and they have just come to an island called Paphos, and they're going to journey across this island preaching the gospel to any group or individual that will listen. We come to verse 6, Acts 13, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. Now, the proconsul means the one appointed to lead that area of the Roman Empire, appointed by the Roman Empire. And he has a right-hand man named Bar-Jesus. And they're together. And Sergius Paulus is called an intelligent man. It may be because what it says next about him. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. That's an intelligent man. Now, he may have had innate abilities, and that's what is being described, but I'll tell you, it is an intelligent person who seeks to understand the Word of God. So we see what's going on. Verse 8, But Ilamus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, that's Bar-Jesus, translated Ilamus, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So here you have Paul and Barnabas preaching the gospel. You have Sergius Paulus who says, hey, I want to hear the word of God. His right-hand man is doing everything he can to thwart that, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. It goes on. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, this is at Elamus, and said, O oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the ways of the Lord? And Paul will blind him for a few days. Now there is an enemy of righteousness Jesus provides righteousness for salvation. We long for righteousness in our salvation, but there is an enemy of righteousness. And we have an enemy in our lives doing everything he can to thwart our efforts toward righteousness. There is a battle. And that battle is intense. 
And the battle begins with every attempt of the demons from hell to keep us away from the Word of God. Why? Well, think about it. The Word of God teaches us about God. And in so learning about God, we're going to learn about God's love. We're going to learn about God's plan of salvation. That very process develops trust in God. And it gives us a true sense of our value and our worth. It explains who we are, why we are here, where we are going, and how to get there. The Word of God is imperative when it comes to understanding God and to having faith in God. So we discover this. We embrace Jesus as our Savior. We grieve over our sinfulness. We discover he's making us gentle and humble. And we long to do what pleases him. That's the process we're talking about. And Jesus says that person will be filled. They'll have him in their life so much they'll want to dance with music. Jarvis was rebaptized today. He sits here in the glow of that love from God. Three weeks from now, he's going to be fighting for his faith. Same with all of us. Why? There is an enemy of righteousness. And the enemy of righteousness is doing everything he can to discourage us so that we give up. Just give up. He's number one, the number one way he battles is to keep us from the word of God. Now, I want to describe something to you. I'm going to call them chains. Chains. Our sermon is broken chains. The definition of a chain is a series of connected links. And these chains that we're talking about will be metaphors for things that have bound us. Generally, it's a series of connected links Sometimes our own choices, sometimes things other people have done, but things that have happened enough in our life that there is an enslavement to it. We are manacled to the chain. We are shackled to that chain. Now, let me describe what I'm thinking. Let's describe some links that have not been chosen by us. You may have been abused as a child or been in an abusive relationship as an adult. You didn't choose that. You didn't choose that, but it has its effects. You may have been told so many times you are useless, stupid, unlovable, a loser, one link after another, off repeated, it may be what you really think you are. It's a chain. It may be you fight anxiety, you fight depression, 
You fight guilt. You fight shame. You didn't bring this on yourself. It's there. These are not your choices. And it may be because of the stress of life you express yourself negatively to people closest to you. You don't really want to do that, but it's happening. The list is exhaustless. It just lists so many shackled to it, shackled to us. Then there's another form of chains. These are links that have been chosen, chosen by us. Perhaps you've developed a gambling addiction. It's your choice. Pornography, it's your choice. Food addiction, it's your choice. Alcohol, your choice. Drugs, it's your choice. The list is exhaustless. Let me tell you something. You will read, you will hear. Well, we, we have genetic predispositions towards these things. Listen, in your sinful nature, you have a predisposition against everything that is good. Just own it. Don't act on it. Seek after righteousness. But the reason I mention these is this. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. For the very first time, I know what peace is. For the very first time, I know what forgiveness is. For the very first time, I know what love is. For the very first time, I know what hope is. I get that. And I praise God for that. And I want to dance with music. But there's an enemy to my soul. And that enemy reminds me of the chains that I have been shackled to. Now Jesus has released me of those chains, but I have not yet learned to walk with Jesus. And in this walk of learning, or in this learning to walk with Jesus, I learn victory over those chains. But while I'm learning victory over them, the devil is going to manacle me, refasten me over and over and over again until I am burdened and laden down with who I have become. Some chains I chose. Some chains were just put upon me. And these things bind us. They keep us from being able to dance with music. So the question comes, how can we live a life of broken chains? How can we live that life of victory and hope? Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus tells us in this one simple verse so many powerful things about the life I've described. Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall 
be filled. That is a promise from God. Those chosen addictions, let me tell you how you get victory over chosen addictions. You can read every self-help book you want. You can go to every AA meeting you want. You can go to every support group you can, and nothing is going to happen until this takes place, until having peace with God is more important to you than that addiction. When that happens, you'll get victory. The spiritual component is the key. If you have a physical addiction, you may seek through discipline and multitude of ways to overcome it. It's always going to come back. It's going to get you. But in Christ, when you have tasted his love and the burning desire in your heart is peace with him and doing what pleases him, let me tell you something. It takes the joy out of smoking a cigarette when you picture blowing the smoke in the face of Jesus while he's dying on the cross for you. You will not enjoy a good drunk with Jesus seated next to you. You will have to get rid of them before you down your pills or whatever drugs of choice you have. Jesus will never sit with you in that chair as you look at the screen. When you covet him more than your addiction, you'll get victory. Happens every time. But through choices, people have their happy place through an addiction. Generally, we coddle people with addictions. Poor boy, poor girl, we understand. We're so sympathetic. I've done that for years. I've told people over and over and over, don't say anything, you just heap shame on them, they feel bad enough. I'm not doing that anymore. It's time to grow up and get to God. Too many people's lives are being ruined. Do you know that for every alcoholic on average, there's 17 people whose lives are affected negatively because of that one fool? Nobody starts out wanting to be addicted. But we start out in rebellion. You know better. We know better. So the way out for the chains we've chosen will be to choose Jesus rather than those chains. But what about those other chains? What about those ones that have been shackled to us? Those voices, the experiences. Listen. It's not what we believe or what we've been told we should believe that counts. It's what God says about us that counts. That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need to hear Him say over and over and over again, I love you. You're mine. You're okay. I like you. I think you're pretty. I think you're handsome. 
We've got to hear from God, not from the devil. Those chains will be broken when we say, I'm going to stop living in pity. I'm going to stop being a victim. I'm going to look to God, the creator of the world. I'm going to look to his word. I'm going to see what he says about me, and that's what I'm going to believe about me, not what the enemy of righteousness has to say. All of this begins with the Bible. All chains are broken when we learn to walk with God. All chains are broken. Now, everyone here knows how important it is to read the Bible. Everyone. But it's so hard to find the time. I'm going to uh, pick on Jessica. She is our song leader today. Jessica, how many children do you have? Jenica. Yeah. The Lord knows the willingness. <laughs> Jenica, how many children? Got two children. How many husbands? Got one. One full-time husband, two full-time children, one full-time job as a dietitian, husband full-time job as a uh, physical therapist, two full-time children. Now, your children will bathe themselves, do their laundry, cook for themselves, clean up after themselves, correct? So it's no problem for you. How many hours a week do you work? 36. How many hours a week does your husband work? About 40. You got time, man. You think about it. All she has to do is get up at 4 a.m., and she can get an hour in of reading the Bible. You do that two days, the third day, you're not even waking up anymore. You'll, some people say, oh, yeah, I get up. We're proud of you. <laughs> the rest of us are human. And this is hard. We know strength comes from reading the Word of God, but it's hard to find the time. And so I'm going to teach you today how to read the Bible in five minutes and then keep that Word with you all day long. Please turn to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Now, does anybody have one of those watches that has a stopwatch on it? Anybody? You do, do you, Jim, Pastor Jim? Okay. You're going to time me when I say go. Tell me when you're ready. Go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, 
but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Stop. How long? 45 seconds. Six verses, 45 seconds. Can anybody say woo-hoo? Now let me tell you what to do with that. We've got four minutes and 15 seconds left in our five minutes here. What are we going to do? We're going to take a three by five card. We're going to take a pencil or a pen. We're going to look at a phrase or a text out of the six verses or an idea and we're going to write it down on that three by five card. What shall we say? Let's go. I like verse three. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So I write that down on my three by five card. I usually have pockets. I'm going to put it in my pocket. Ladies, put it in your purse. Then you put it on the dash of the car, somewhere where you can see it. And when you're driving to work, just look at it real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your mind is going to go immediately to God, and you're going to start thinking about God, and he is, through his spirit, going to keep himself alive in your heart all day long because you're going to keep referring to that thing until you're able to say, what was it? Oh, yeah, I don't even have to look at the card anymore. Now you're saying, but pastor, I don't have time in the morning. What should I do? I'm so grateful you asked that. You do it the night before. And then in the morning, when you're eating your breakfast, which is going to be in the car again, you just look at that card and you say, oh yeah, I remember. The key to the Word of God is not saturating our mind with it, but thinking about what we read. It's called Christian meditation. You get a piece of it, and you don't let it leave your mind. Meditation, scripturally, is forcing yourself to think about something. So you think about it, and it grows within you, and you will find God in places during the day you didn't have him before. He was there. You just didn't see him. And this will grow our faith. This will strengthen our trust in God. This will keep him in focus because the enemy of righteousness is going to do everything he can to take God out of, out of our mind, out of our vision. So I have an assignment for you. The assignment is this. Either tonight, this afternoon, or tomorrow morning, you're going to read Psalm 1. It'll take you about 45 seconds. You're going to find an idea, part of a verse, or a whole verse, and you're going to write it down. And you will spend all day tomorrow thinking about it. It will change your life. And then you're going to start repeating it. You go to the next psalm. Just six verses. That's all. I'm wondering if there's anyone here 
who wants to experience Matthew 5, verse 6. Let's read it out loud together. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you believe it? Those who really want to do what pleases God will be so satisfied they will want to dance with music. Is there anyone here today who would like to say to the Lord, I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness and I want to be filled. And in so saying that, are you willing to experiment with six verses a day and a written down idea or verse? If you want to say that to the Lord, I invite you to stand. Father in heaven, Lord, we live in a frantic world. It's a frantic pace. But our hearts long for you. But it's hard because the enemy keeps you out of our thoughts. Lord, we pray by your grace, you will stay in our thoughts. We will seek after you. We will find you. We will be strong in you. And we will be filled by you. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing as we have our closing song. Oh God.
we believe that Jesus will soon return. May we all be found ready to meet him in peace when he appears. Father in heaven, I pray for these dear, dear people. Please continue watching over them and over their families. I pray your presence in their lives would be so real that their faith in you would be strong. Please hear their prayers, Lord, and answer those prayers according to your will. We are all praying that you will save our children, our family members, our loved ones, and our friends. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless and go in peace.